everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Buyer's Market Podcast. I am joined today by a special guest, Leisha Ball. Leisha, welcome to the episode. Hello. Good morning. Good afternoon. <laughs> I like how you're touching all the bases, making sure everyone's informed, whether you're listening to this in the evening or the morning. Leisha's got you covered. She wants to send her salutations. Uh, so this is, a, this is a special episode, which probably is starting to feel a little bit obnoxious to some people because we've been doing these, I feel like, off and on for the last like three or four months, and maybe they don't feel as special to our audience, but um, on the back end, it's very special to us. It was interesting to me. I was just listening to last week's episode, which actually aired three weeks ago, and uh, it's interesting to listen to that episode because at that time, I was still making my mind up about what I was going to do and trying to figure out what my personal future was along with the future of engaging perspectives and how that matched up to uh, what my current uh, obligations were. And so uh, the reason why this is a special episode is because this is the episode where we're going to talk about what the heck engaging perspectives really is, how it started, um, what I'm doing, what I've been doing, who Leisha Ball is. We'll get into that. Uh, I'll get into that here in a second. Um, but this is really the first episode since I am fully inside engaging perspectives. I am 100% the president of engaging perspectives. I have a phenomenal team. We'll get into all that. Um, but it's uh, I appreciate everyone's patience with these special episodes. Uh, we talk a lot about customer-centric content, and this is kind of customer-centric content because we want you to understand why we're so passionate about this and why we're involved in it. But you can expect more of future episodes to be much more like they were previously. We're going to be interviewing more customers. We're going to be interviewing more um, movers and shakers in the professional services space. But for this episode, we appreciate everyone and uh, everyone's engagement and everyone involved uh, getting involved on the journey. Uh, we'll take you along through different channels if you're actually interested in behind the scenes what's happening. You can look at my TikTok, uh, <laughs> which is a funny thing for me to say out loud. But uh, anyways, we'll get into the episode now. Uh, so I am joined by Leisha Ball. Uh, Leisha is going to take over hosting duties here in a second, and I'm going to turn into the interviewee. But I wanted to uh, take a second here and introduce Leisha. So who is Leisha Ball? Leisha Ball is a dear friend of mine and a good, really good coworker, partner, uh, all these great superlatives I have to describe her. I can't get into now. Um, but I actually met Leisha when I was working at Kiwit. And the, she can attest to this. Uh, when I first met her, I got into Kiwit. I was in business development. I met her and she was in charge of marketing for my group. And I said, you and I are going to be best friends. And she looked at me like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but actually, I didn't know it at the time, but it turned out to be true. Um, I can I can I can surely call Alicia one of my best friends now. Uh, not only friends with her, friends with her husband, and uh, she's friends with my wife, and we have really good uh, really good camaraderie. And I'm really thankful she's on this journey. So uh, why Alicia's role is important here and what she's going to be doing. So Alicia's also a small business owner. Um, so she left Kiwit a couple months ago to run Financial Housekeeper, which is one of her passion projects where she helps. Um, I would say women generally, but also women in need understand their finances and give them their power back so they can understand how to how to navigate their own lives without needing someone else or someone else's help. And so that's Leisha's passion. That's what she does most of the time. But we're also blessed to have her in our in the engaging perspectives uh, some of the time too, uh, two to three days a week. And Leisha's role in engaging perspectives is twofold. She's the customer success manager. So people that are listening to this that have worked with us, you know Leisha, and you're glad that we have Leisha on our team. She gets a lot of credit for being the smiling face and also keeping things extremely organized. Um, also, 
less uh, in the limelight, but just as important, if not more important, she's our operations manager. Uh, so the part of the reason Alicia and I hit it off so well is because I'm not a very organized person naturally. Um, I have ideas. I can get things from zero to one, but from one to 10, somewhere around five, I get really bored and don't want to do it anymore. And so Alicia and I really connected in that. She doesn't like to go zero to one. She likes to optimize. So we've been able to uh, work really, to really well together and play off of each other, which ultimately benefits our customers. Um, you know, when you think about creative ideas, you want to be really creative in the beginning, but ultimately you want to iterate and get consistency. And so Alicia's helping us show up for our customers and also get to that point of consistency. So I'm going to turn it over to Alicia here in a second to take over hosting duties. Uh, but I want to thank Alicia again for being on this journey. Uh, you'll be seeing a little bit more of Alicia on the podcast. Not sure what her role is going to be in content yet. We're still figuring that out. Um, but if you're one of our customers, you know Alicia. And if you're one of our future customers, you're going to get to know Alicia. So you might as well start now. Uh, Alicia, I'm uh, turning the hosting duties over to you. Thank you. Thanks, Matt. Man, those are such kind words that bless my heart. I love hearing all that. So yeah, it's been just a, such a honor and pleasure to work with you over the years. And I love being on the Engaging Perspectives team. So it's just been a fun, a fun journey from the start. So yeah, I'm excited to be interviewing you and kind of on the other side um, on this particular podcast. So I want you you're you just transitioned to a big turning point in your life, leaving Qit, you know, full time at EP. And so I want you to kind of flesh that out a little bit more and tell us more about just this big shift that you're that you're in. Yeah, so um why don't I why don't I start with why I left Qit and then we can back we can go talk all about engaging perspectives and everything else. Um, so I'm going to make a video on this at tomorrow, which is actually a couple days ago when this will air, talking about this in particular. But in case you missed it, um, the reason why I'm leaving Keywood has doesn't have very much to do with Keywood. has a lot more to do with engaging perspectives, our mission, and what we see in the marketplace, our ability to be able to help a lot of people, not just one company like Keywood. Keywood was a great company to work for. I learned a lot there. Um, we got to do a lot of fun things in starting up demand generation. Uh, our group was the first one to run targeted ads inside of Keywood. We launched the thought leadership program. Um, and Leisha and I were really there in the beginning, working on the process, working on the optimization. And um, I learned a lot at Keywood. Uh, I don't. I honestly think if I wouldn't have, if I would have never gone to Keywood, I don't think I engaging perspectives would be the company it is. I wouldn't be the leader I am, and I wouldn't understand the market as well as I do now. So this move has a lot less to do with Keywood and a lot more to do with where I believe the future is, where I believe this opportunity is, and also our mission to help people. Where you know we we're very passionate about giving back through work, through opportunity. And so this really kind of hit on all hit on all the uh, notes for me, for me to be able to leave. Definitely. Um, I wanted to kind of pull on something else as well in our conversation today. I think, and I tell you this all the time, I'm like, Matt, you have such your experience, your passions, your talents, they kind of all have converged um, up until this point. And I think I'm always telling you like your core differentiator, like don't forget your core differentiator in the marketplace and what you what you kind of um, bring to the table. So I want you to talk a little bit more about just your experience and your background. Um, yeah, share a little bit more about that because I think it's so important of why we're serving serving this particular professional services space and what engaging perspectives is all about. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, and I do appreciate that reminder. You're always, you're always, you are always reminding me of that. Um, so I've never told, I've told my story a million different ways, just like anyone else can, mm -hmm. right? Depending on what experience I'm trying to highlight depends on the way that I talk about my journey. Cause 
my journey was was affected in many different ways. But I think this is probably the first time I've really talked about it from a marketing standpoint. How did I get into marketing from where I came from in the industry? And so, you know, before we got to professional services, we we're focused on architecture, engineering, construction, major, mainly engineering construction, uh, mostly because that's where all my experience comes from. So I worked in the nuclear power plants. I've worked in coal fire plants, oil refineries, natural gas plants, hydroelectric plants, um, chemical plants, steel mills. I've worked in almost every kind of industry that needs power or that, that yeah, that essentially consumes power. Um, so having all those different uh having all the different experiences I have in this space has really helped me understand it and understand the customers and what they're looking for. And you're always asking me to, to, to draw on that. Uh, so I thought it'd be interesting to talk about when I first got it, where I really got exposed to marketing when I didn't know was marketing was more human behavior. Uh, so I, when I was in charge of safety, which you don't think like, how does that connect? Right. And so the reason why I, the reason why I tell this story is because when you think about fundamentally what you're trying to do in safety, you're trying to influence people to do something that they know they should do, but don't want to do. And they, they know the perceived or actual risk is low. So you're continually trying to influence people to do things and to make good decisions in the moment. So anyone that is familiar with safety or project safety at all, if you have a safety program that relies on a person or a number of people walking around, making sure things are safe, it's not going to be a very safe project because you just, there's hundreds of of crafts of craftsmen and women on this project. There's only a handful of safety professionals and even supervision. So you need to really influence people to make good decisions and to be able to make those decisions in real time. And so through safety, I understood the importance of messaging and making it easy. So messaging it to a way that resonated with the employee, not the company. So the company has its reasons they want to keep people safe. Some of them are altruistic, but some of them are not. Some of them are bottom line things. Some of them are some of our work efficiencies, all these different things that kind of get muddled into safety. Um, and so, you know, it is that altruistic, but it really, you know, people see through that. It's, you know, you need to, you need to communicate with the employee why it's important to them. And so being able to communicate that in an employee facing way, I saw the results. I saw more compliance. I saw, saw more people getting involved. Another um, example that came up over and over again that sticks out in my mind is we always had uh, we had specific areas of a coal-fired boiler that we would work in where employees needed to wear different types of PPE. And so when you would go to the projects, almost always you'd have non-compliance and you'd also have a rash of injuries that preceded that. That's when you go there and you see all the non-compliance. So what we started to do is put signage at the door. But then more than that, we made sure that the PPE was there at the door, too, with all the stuff that they would need. So not only were we informing them to make good decisions, we made it easy. So if you walked in there and you decided not to do something, you didn't really have a good reason. So by eliminating all the excuses, we saw compliance go up dramatically, which also reduced the amount of injuries. So that in safety was the first time that I really started to understand messaging. I didn't know I was understanding messaging. I didn't know I was understanding human behavior at this time, but through an iterative process of being in charge of safety on projects and running projects, I really started to understand human behavior on a micro scale where, you know, I could see the physical difference. So I could see what it was like when I get to a project and they wouldn't have this set up. And then I would see what it would look like a week later after we did. So I was able to run a lot of thought experiments that I didn't really think of at the time. Definitely. Talk about your business development background. I think that's huge. <laughs> understanding sales, understanding the sales cycle, understanding kind of the difference in language of like, this is how business development people speak and decision makers speak. And this is how sometimes marketers speaks, speak and sometimes things can get lost in translation. So I think you do a good job of converging all of that and just speaking to everybody in the room. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, my safety experience isn't really entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> no, say I will always be somewhat passionate about safety because I do uh, the altruistic side of it. You really, if you can have someone work 40 plus years and not be maimed, that's a really like doing physical yeah. labor. That's a good thing and help their lives. But I understand that safety is not as entertaining as business development. Um, <laughs> I would say where I see some of the big gaps, um, the big gaps are in, um, I see it in sales and marketing. People want people. I see it in life. Actually, people want to tell you about them, right? Just use it generally. Me, I want to tell you about me. I am somewhat interested in hearing about you on a conscious level. I'm interested in hearing about you, but on a subconscious level, I may be even less interested in hearing about you. I may all of a sudden start thinking about laundry or something else. So when you take that, you, when you know, that's the way people operate, and then you take that to out of this conversational space and you put it into a digital space when people are, as attention span is smaller, where they're looking for specific things, you see all these missed opportunities or miscommunications where um, marketers are getting their information from the employer side. So they're talking to their own internal folks saying, hey, what are customers concerned about? And then in turn, BD folks are telling them the stuff that they want them to be concerned about, not necessarily the stuff that they are concerned about. Um, you see in a business development a lot where people go into a, um, a lunch and learn and it's a, you know, it's a big pitch meeting. Most customers don't appreciate that. Um, but you can do another lunch and learn where you talk about the market, their problems. It's a different approach, right? And so Pete, both approaches work to varying degrees, but when you start to understand the customer better, it works better, right? So what I see is internal marketers are focused on internal people, but internal people are also focused on their company, not necessarily the customers. The business development professionals that understand the customer and can communicate in the customer's language and understand what they're looking for, those are the best business development professionals that are a little bit harder to find. And so when you look at from a marketer standpoint, especially in the professional services space, it's typically not someone that's actually been in the business or has ran a PL in the business or has ran any type of component in the business. So their understanding of the customers and what they go through is extremely superficial. And depending on the way your BD folks view it and the way your leadership views the market, the customers, and how well they actually listen to the customers, it just continues to get watered down. So if you start out with a company-focused message at the top, and then it continues to trickle down. It doesn't get better as it goes down. It gets worse because they have even less information. Um, so that's where I see, you know, a, a big opportunity to improve the process for the customers, but also a gap in where I see people just, it's, it's understandable, especially when people get in a rush, you think about yourself, but um, in person or in digital, it's, if you're the person always talking about yourself, people are going to stop listening. Amen. I hope people haven't done through this podcast. <laughs> No, they love it. They love it. Okay. Now that's helpful. Thanks for kind of going over your experience and yeah, I'm just excited. Here we are. You're two feet in, two feet in, we're ready to go. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about engaging perspectives. First, um, what are you seeing and experiencing in the professional services space and how does that influence our value proposition at engaging perspectives? And maybe I should even caveat first define professional services. Yeah, that's a that's a great question. So, um, prof uh, an example of um, example of professional services are you know an attorney, right? Um, an attorney, an engineering firm, a construction firm, a money manager, uh, all these. A, a, a physician. We're not really in law. We're not in healthcare as much. We've talked a little about long term care health. 
Um, but it's those it's it's those people that provide a professional service, right? It's not um it's not a cleaning service. It's a professional service. It's mean it's complex. You typically can't just bid it off the shelf, right? An attorney's going to have to do some kind of knowledge work to understand how much it's going to, how rough, how much roughly it's going to cost to get this case done. Um, money managers, their fees, engineering, they're going to have to understand the project, all that sort of thing. So the reason why we're focused on professional services, where we have gone from engineering and construction to professional services, is because the industries are in similar spots and the buying processes are very similar. So it's buying processes that focused on the very beginning of the process focused on in-person business development. So new leads, new opportunities were largely, if not all, generated by individual people going out and finding those. If you're a money manager, maybe you're doing that yourself. You're going, you're, you know, you have you're going to golf all the time. You're doing these different things. I don't I don't have as good of a grasp on how people do it locally versus how they do it nationally and regionally. Um, but it's similar, it's it's similar cadences, it's similar activities where they are relying on people to go out and physically communicate their message and then bring that information back. Matt, thanks for defining the professional services space and what that's all about. Um so what are you seeing and experiencing in the professional services space and how does that influence our value proposition at engaging perspectives? Yeah, excellent question. Um, Cause what we're seeing is a, uh, is a change in buyer behavior and uh, something that seemed very obvious to us a couple of years ago. And I didn't understand why it wasn't obvious to more people has become clear to me why it's not as obvious to leaders and decision makers. Uh, this is highlighted in our last episode on the Gartner report where buyers are spending over 50% of their time doing individual research with over 25% of that time being dedicated to digital channels. Um, and then Nathan also highlighted the stat that over 50% of millennial buyers prefer a buyer free experience. And so when you're looking at this data and you're, you're listening and talking to people, especially when I was out of sales, I started to talk to a lot more of my customers and to people that are in this industry and just, hey, like, what's what's going on? Like, how, what are you happy with? What are you not happy with? And I, I'm excited to do a lot more of that now. Um, but that, those conversations coupled with demographic data that we were seeing, it's very obvious that if you're under 36, the way that you prefer to buy is vastly different than if you're over 45. And I, don't, I, you know, that's obviously there's people that are on either end of the spectrum and there's people that are under 36 that don't prefer to buy digitally, but those people are less and less. It's completely swapped. And so we're seeing these dramatic changes in what in people's preferences and buyer behaviors, all stuff that is happening pre-pandemic. Then you go through the pandemic and those the work from home, which wasn't necessarily talked about as much in our conversation point. And so what we were seeing is um, sales processes that didn't match the way that people want to buy, marketing processes that were completely misaligned with sales, and that were focused on in-person events, collaterals, presentations, stuff that customers don't necessarily care about as much. And so where we where we see the value proposition is, 
Um, we're a collection of a lot of different experiences and we're going to grow the company that way. I understand the industry really well. I continue to try and understand the industry better by talking to people. Leisha, you understand the industry well. You understand process well. That's why you're on. We have a great creative team that understands creative and marketing really well. We continue to build that out. So what we're bringing is this unique meld of experiences where we're looking for people that are in the industry that really understand it and that believe this, buy into it, and want to be a part of that change. And then we're also looking for creative folks that say, hey, you know, we've been doing this in the B2C space. Let's let's test out a new challenge and see if we can do this in the B2B space. And, you know, if we can get with this agency engaging perspectives, it can be a lot of fun. So what that means for our customers is you get top-notch creative talent. You get excellent operations talent through people like Leisha, an MBA professional, worked for some of the largest companies in, in the world. And then you get my expertise from the customers. We're going to continue to build out that way. So when you when you put all that together, you know, that's our competitive advantage. We really understand the customer. We not understand the customer today. We understand where the customer is going. And we understand your sales and marketing process well enough to help you adopt that to where our customers are going. Matt, I love it. Just beautiful. You beautifully articulated kind of the external patterns and trends, how engaging perspectives fits within that realm. I kind of want to ask a fun fact question. Mm -hmm. um, I don't even know if I know the answer to this. Where did you come up with, like, why did you choose the words engaging perspectives to represent the organization? So that's a, that's a great question. Um, and now we're kind of committed to it. So we call it EP a lot for short because engaging perspectives is long. I never thought about how that was going to be on an email. At engaging perspectives is a mouthful when you're typing it all out. It looks very similar. We get a lot of missent emails. Um, but the idea behind it was that customer centric content. And so my my thought was that everyone has a story to tell, right? That's not a not that's not a new thought. All these companies have a unique story to tell. It's always funny when we start with a new customer and they're like, we want to do what they do. It's like if you actually do what they do, if you have that right. unique, if you have those skill set inside, then maybe, but no one, no company's the same. People are doing the same things. So engaging perspectives is, hey, everyone has this unique perspective to tell. And if you tell it the right way and the customer way, it can be engaging. So we want to tell engaging perspectives, right? We want to talk about things that are more customer focused, more employee focused, and actually engaging, not just crappy content informing you about the company, actually doing it through storytelling, through highlighting neat ideas, and doing it in a creative way that helps people understand and brings people together. I think that's like one of my favorite parts is we get to yeah come alongside our customers, help them amplify their stories. Um, they're always unique. It's like you get to hear people, they're passionate about telling their stories. Um, so that that's what gets me excited to get up in the morning and work with you and EP and our team. So, um, okay, let's talk a little bit about where Engaging Perspectives is headed. So I want you to like paint the vision, make the vision clear. Yeah, so um, right now, Right now, if you look at our business model, it's um, we're doing a lot of tra to the traditional marketing stuff, right? We're creating campaigns. Um, we're acting as a social media manager for our customers, which is not a great way to describe what we do because it's a lot more, um, excuse me, it's a lot more complex than that. Um, but if you look at where we are today, we're providing that very high level marketing services. So if you have a 
complex campaign, if you have a complex business development problem, if you want to communicate a message broadly to the to the market, or if you're a small or medium-sized business and you don't have the money to go create a team, we have that team and we have a service offering that allows us to come in there and support you the best way for you and your business. So we have that offering across a couple different offerings, your content team where we we just cr we create all your content, you're responsible for posting it, um, you're responsible for posting it, measuring it, all that information. And then you give us the information. We continue to create content. We have your marketing team where we come in and we, we literally act like your marketing team. We look at your website information. We, uh, we manage all your social media channels. We report on it. We post it. Um, we optimize it. And then we have your revenue team where we look at actually, actually converting leads to opportunities. Um, and so where we are today is, we are we are working with small and medium-sized businesses to be able to help them do that. We're also doing some consulting or project work for enterprise-sized businesses where we can come in and help them understand this better. But where ultimately where engaging perspectives goes is it's redefining what marketing means in this space. That's why I don't like to call it, you know, people say, well, what do you do? And oh, it's, it's complex. Well, that's a terrible answer. But to call it digital marketing is an understatement of what we do as well. And to call it sales is an accurate user because it's not sales. So where engaging perspectives is going is creating that universal universal commercial engine for the people that understand it, right? Where we're coming in there and saying, hey, this is how you currently sell. This is the way that people buy. Let's pull that apart and say, what's the best model for you to be able to do that? You spend this much money on BD. What if we take a portion of that, spend it over here? That actually results in a cost reduction. So the overall cost of your team goes down too. So we're focused on being able to help companies that understand that, that want to get ahead of that, and really want that more efficient universal commercial engine for the future. Um, we're also focused on employee acquisition. Um, it's not something that we were we thought we were going to be getting into, but the reality is um, potential employees consume content just like anyone else does. And so if you have a content strategy for employee acquisition, we've we've helped our customers not only acquire craft level um, talent, but also uh, enterprise level talent where we've had some vice presidents that have chose to leave one company and go to another company because of the content we created. Uh, lastly, uh, we're focused in the short term on proposal support. We recognize that um, in this space, there is still a way that it's done and that's not gonna change overnight. And so we have really good creative talent. We have good strategic mindset and we've been through the process. We understand how, how proposals go in the AEC space. Leisha's uh, very well versed in that. So are other members of our team. So we're also able to support customers there. And so in the short run, you know, we're doing a lot of things that people need in the moment. Where's the market now? But in the future, we're looking, not in the future, right now, we're looking for people that want to actually make change, disrupt the industry and be, you know, be that be that be that company that acquires customers the most efficient way and for the next 10 years. I love it. I love it that we can be adaptable and nimble um, and we're just seeing kind of gaps in the marketplace. And I think the thing that I love about EP is it's not a one size kind of fits all. We can be really, really customize our service offerings to our clients and what they're needing in that moment. And we can scale um, with with the life of that client, if you will. So I think that's awesome. OK, this is my favorite question. Do you have something else to add? Yeah, no, I, I think that's a good a good point to highlight. You know, we have we have customers that are a million dollars in revenue, and then we have customers that are hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue. And so to, to Leisha's point, 
we can't do everything. We can't do everything for everyone, but we've developed scopes that are effective that help those customers wherever they are, and we're able to continue to adapt that scope to meet what their specific needs are. So I think that's a good point. I, I just wanted to highlight that again. You know, if you're thinking, if you're an enterprise, if you're an enterprise company, how can we help? You know, we can come help more in the strategic approach, the actual content creation. If you're small or medium size, I have no support. I don't know what the heck to do. We can come in there and help you get that off the ground. And if you're, you know, a million dollars looking to be able to grow your business, you haven't really had any of this, we can come in and actually build out this whole infrastructure for you and set it up. And we've done that. Fortunately, we've done that at all levels now. And that's uh, it's part of why we're so excited, right? <laughs> yes, we have figured it out. We have. <laughs> well, um, we, we figured out how to figure it out. Yes. That's what we're, yes. we're, we're continuing to figure it out. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Um, I want to shift a little bit to our personal dynamic because you and I have been working together for years. Um, mm -hmm. We're probably we complement each other really well. We probably couldn't be more different. Um, but one of the things that we I think I really enjoy about working with you as a friend, um, as our leader, is just kind of how we sharpen each other and our focus on just like personal development. Your dedication to that. We're always kind of ex exchanging ideas and helping each other grow and. Obviously, amongst the entire team, we do that. So you get to ask this question to other people on the podcast. So I want to ask it of you. Um, what is your best routine or habit or like the one you're focusing on right now? Uh, yeah, and this is a softball question because Alicia knows what I just went through. She encouraged me to do it. So uh, my last day with Kiwit was actually about two, week two weeks ago now, over two weeks ago since this podcast aired. And my nature is to just, I was ready to go. Like I wanted my last day to be Friday and my first day to work 12 hours and engaging perspectives to be Saturday. Uh, just cause I, you know, I, it's been tough doing two jobs for so long. I've, you know, I've, I've been very fortunate. I, I, you know, I failed to mention this at the beginning. Um, people think a lot about efficiency, but efficiency for me is not only meant being able to start a business and be successful in another business. I have a great relationship with my wife and son still, and I have a great relationship with a small handful of friends. Some other friends I've, I've definitely grown apart from, but the ones that absolutely matter the most and I needed to, I've been able to maintain those. And that is because of the things that Leisha has taught me on efficiency. So thank you on that. This is the next thing she encouraged me to do, which I'm going to implement as part of my continuing on a quarterly basis. Uh, when I first left, I took a day to kind of celebrate with some friends, just, hey, this is you know an, a nice life milestone. And then I went in a cabin for three days and two nights by myself. <laughs> uh, I did have a cell phone, uh, but I had it on airplane mode. I did end up, I wanted to listen to music. I, in the future, I actually won't bring that at all because it could be a little bit of a distraction. But instead of just jumping back into what I wanted to do, I went to a cabin for um, three days and two nights by myself, had a list of reading I wanted to do, um, pushed myself physically during the day so I would be tired. And what Leisha calls a sabbatical is what I, I guess that's a, what it is, right? So I took a sabbatical. So my new routine is sabbatical. I am going to take uh, actually four days the next time and three nights. And once a quarter, I'm going to go away and do that. It was uh, very beneficial, not only from a business standpoint, it was very clarifying from a business standpoint. I set up um, strategy exercises to go through. I had certain sections of book books I wanted to read, podcasts, uh, and then I brought a bunch of healthy food so I would be, you know, forced to continue to feed my brain. Um, and then I just put myself through some intense exercises. And when I got done with that, I was completely drained <laughs> physically and mentally. 
Um, so then I took a vacation with my family and went out and visited uh, some of my wife's family in San Diego, Del Mar, which was a lot of fun. So uh, my new routine is sabbatical. I am, I've always enjoyed just general life. I don't need to take a ton of breaks necessarily because I, I enjoy what I do. Um, but I have realized the power of the pause through this exercise and not only just pausing, but the difference between what I had done previously and intentional pause where it's quiet. I can't escape. You know, when I get a one, a wild thought, I can't just go to my phone and look at, it. I have to actually deal with that and I have to write about it and think about it. And so that was very uh, informative to me and something that I will continue to do. So thank you for pushing me to do sabbatical. I think it was a little different than you had in mind, but it was a, uh, had the same effect. Had the same effect. That makes me so happy. You're right. The power of the pause. It's like we've talked about for so long, kind of slowing down to then speed up. So that just, that brings me joy. I'm very proud of you. You run so fast and so hard. So just the discipline for you to kind of, like you said, sabbatical and pause, I think is, is huge. So, um, okay, Matt, thank you for sharing with us what you're doing in life, where engaging perspectives has been, where we're headed. I think that's so exciting. Um, if our listeners wanted to learn more about Engaging Perspectives, they can just go to engagingperspectives.com. Tell them a little bit about where they can find you. Uh, you can find me on, the best place to find me is on LinkedIn. Um, now that I have, now that I have a little bit more time in Headspace, I'm going to start focusing a, a little bit more on other social channels, just as a test. Like I'm going to be messing with my Instagram and TikTok a little more just to see if, like, if people are interested in learning about what I do on a daily basis. Some of it's not very entertaining, but waking up early and meditating and stuff. But um, but if people are interested in that, they can follow me on the, both of those are public channels for me. You can follow me on that. If you're interested in business content, by all means, follow me on LinkedIn. Um, I wanna just end with a, with a message to any potential customers out there. Um, if you're wondering what the heck to do next, if you know you need to do something, but you don't know what, uh, if things that we've talked about resonate with you, but you don't, you're not quite clear on how it, how it forms in your business. If you, if you think, Hey, you know, I agree with most of it, but I don't necessarily agree with this. Reach out to me. Let's have a conversation. I'm going to be, a, I'm going to be a lot more available than I was previously. And so I would encourage anyone that has those questions to please reach out to me. Let's have a conversation. Let's talk about it. And, uh, you can talk to people that we haven't worked with. If it's not a good fit, I'll tell you, I'm not interested in, we're not interested in hostages. We're not interested in, in getting people to work with us on a per, per a contra contractual basis. We want people that believe in it, that want to be a part of this. And so that means that not everyone's the right fit. And so we'll tell you if you're not the right fit, there are, there are some customers that, you know, they would have been a lucrative contract for us, but it just wasn't the right fit for both of us. And so we encourage them to go somewhere else and work with another partner that we knew. Um, so we'll definitely help you through that. Um, on the on more of the mission side, which we'll get into in a later episode, if you um, if you're interested in doing challenging work, working at a high level, um, having flexible work. Uh, this is the place for you. If you're in this industry, if you're a marketer in the professional services space and you feel like your voice isn't heard, you feel like you really understand this, but maybe you don't understand the politics or really want to deal with that or have to spend time in the field to get to know the customer, reach out to us. Let's have a conversation because we want to build the a group of very, very talented individuals that that work like a team. And, you know, I think of my own experience, um, just you know, you don't have to be in the mission forever, right? If uh, if your if your long term plan is to start your own company or to do something else, uh, we'll help you achieve those goals too. We want to help the people that are inside this company achieve their personal goals, not just the company goals. 
And so if you um, if you're interested in that and uh, it's not all rainbows and sunshines, you do have to have you do have to work hard. You do have to have high output. There are high standards. We do have high standards for quality. We continue to evolve those standards around quality, around work product, around work ethic. But, you know, if none of that stuff scares you and you like having fun, but you like doing it flexibly, flexibly, you like doing it from your house, then reach out to us. Let's have a conversation. I love it. I love it. Matt, thank you for your time to connect. It's been an honor and privilege uh, to get to interview this you this morning, this afternoon. So I listen, I'm the most I'm the most excited not only for me, but for the rest of the audience. I got to meet Leisha Ball for the first time. <laughs> this won't be the last time. Um, once again, thank you everyone for your patience with these special episodes. Um, we'll be we'll be reevaluating our content stream and the stuff that we put out to make sure it's even more customer focused as we move forward. Um, but thank you everyone for being on this journey. Appreciate it. Thank you everyone. Have a glorious day. <laughs>